0: Welcome to Hair Metal Memories. We are your hosts. I'm Brian and I'm Aaron and we're at Hair Memories, Iowa at gmail.com if you'd like to write into us and we hope you do. Um, we've had, you know, again, a, a lot of generous people writing into us. And we appreciate that. Um, you can also message us on our Facebook Facebook page. Um, well, I got to do something fun since our last episode. What'd you do? I went and saw Extreme and Living Color uh, in concert in St. Louis with uh, Blue Jack, who we've mentioned many times on the show, absolutely, and probably, and I think I are think going to be mentioning in, a lot today, probably
1: too. <laughs> I think he showed up and uh, talked on one episode,
0: didn't he? Uh, he did, yeah, a couple of them, yeah, and his friend Zach too. It was a, yeah, a great show. Uh, you know, we, you, and I have seen Living Color before, and they, absolutely, they, and they were they were just as good this time. They 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 killed it, and Sweet. and an extreme like a. Uh, Everybody was really into the band. It was really cool, and uh, I was fortunate enough. We had uh, VIP passes, so we oh, so we so we got to go for the sound check. That's
1: cool.
0: And uh, and we went in, and like, X- Extreme was like just jamming on the stage. So that was kind of cool, just hearing them like screwing screwing off, you know, like just playing for fun. And then uh, and then they did a couple tunes that they didn't do during the set, which which was like really cool.
1: Oh, so you got to like yeah. hear some bonus tunes? Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, extra tunes,
0: which was like that's really cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just great, great, great concert, though. Um, yeah, and, I mean, again, the crowd was really into it, and there was a vibe there, but the band seemed really into it, too. Like, they seemed like they were, like, Where was this at? It, it was in St. Louis at a casino. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, sold-out shows. There were some good casino yeah. shows, man.
1: I'm, well, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, that yeah. that rock temper was essentially at a casino. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we went and saw Queens Rec and Skid Row at a casino, and that was killer. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that uh, yeah. uh, uh, casinos have gotten hip to the idea of, like, bringing bands in that are, like, you know. Yeah, me
0: too. Not we, just yeah. Chuck
1: Negron of Three Dog Night. <laughs> 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 no offense to Chuck, dude. Right. I got nothing against him. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I was also going to mention something that I thought was a little weird that I came across. Uh, there's a new Dandy Warhol song called I'd Like to Help You With Your Problem, and that features Slash. And... Huh. I like both of those things, but never would have put them together in any I way. I wouldn't have thought that those, <laughs> huh,
1: those, so those paths crossed, huh? Yeah, yeah. That is
0: bizarre. Yeah. So I just thought I'd mention that for anybody. I
1: don't know a note of Dandy Warhol's. I've never
0: heard him oh, they're, that they're, I know of. Good, good indie rock band. And okay. Uh, they had a big... Um, uh, to argument, you know, a conflict with uh the Brian jonestown massacre.
1: Oh, that's that band. Right, okay, yeah. there's like a documentary about that yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. yeah.
0: It's called Dig, and it's it's fascinating to see like the, the relationship that went on between. I, think, those our, two I think our friend
1: Curtis was really into that yep. documentary. which yep. Tracks. Now that I yeah okay, it's all coming together.
0: Yep. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Good fun indie rock band if you're into that. Uh, we have a quality control note. Uh, our friend Mike Hoverstein has been listening to the show, and uh, hi, Mike. Uh, and uh, it, I- he pointed out to us that during the King's X episode, one of the first guitar solo that we put in there is actually missing. So, we just wanted to say, whoops, uh I did go back and try to see about fixing it, and I cannot fix it so uh um so but please let us know, if, Apologies you, if you everybody yeah if you see if you hear anything like that we 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 do our best, but uh let us know, and we will try to fix what we can um yeah, we try we're human, thanks, Mike <laughs> <laughs> but today, we are going to talk about alice cooper's ninth studio album, constrictor." Didn't see
1: that coming, did yeah, you? Yeah,
0: yeah. released in October of 1986, and and we've got a special treat for you guys today. At uh, after we do our our talk about the album, we we have an interview with a friend of Alice Cooper's. So, um, but we'll we'll get to that as we yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Alice Cooper is a bona fide legend. He's like he's 75 years old. He has shaped the look and sound of metal in a pretty big way um he was born in detroit and shout out to our friend dave in detroit uh but but the band alice cooper got its start in phoenix arizona back in 1964 Dang I, 1964 yeah. that's a long time ago i mean i always knew the dude had yeah. wild stories about like yeah. a
1: whole bunch of different musicians and stuff yeah. from the 60s but that is going uh-huh. even a little bit further
0: back than i thought yeah, so so basically, there's there's way too much history for us to cover here. Uh, and you know, <laughs> y- y'all know Alice Cooper, right? Yeah, you know, everybody yeah. knows
1: Alice Cooper. It's it's, yeah. it's it's a pretty yeah. But I thought we'd do some do
0: some quick highlight yeah, kind of stuff just to kind absolutely. of like ease our way in. Um, they were originally signed to a label by Frank Zappa, which here at Hair Mental Memories we're big fans of Frank Zappa, and they talk about that <laughs> in a Frank Zappa documentary. Yeah. Yeah, he told them to show up at 7, and they thought he meant 7 a.m., and he was apparently so impressed that such a such a bunch of weird-looking guys were able to get there uh, that early in the morning that uh, he signed them <laughs> to a three-album deal, because <laughs> Frank appreciates punctuality. <laughs> Absolutely, I can, I can totally see that. <laughs> yeah, uh, their big break was the 1970 song, I'm 18, and uh, they reached their peak with 1973's billion-dollar babies, which is a great record. It's the one that has no more Mr. Nice Guy on it. Absolutely, um, yeah. The band was huge. I, I think uh, in, in doing the research for this, I think people underestimate how huge Alice Cooper was. Uh, the, their 1973 tour broke records set by the Rolling Stones previously, so they they were they were outselling the Rolling Stones. So that yeah, that, he has kind of become big.
1: one of those people that. Well, I mean, you know that. Everybody knows who he is, but sometimes his just yeah. how huge that the '70s were for Alice Cooper is is yeah not as commonly known as as it used to be.
0: Well, I mean that's how time works, I guess. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. After uh, 1973, the band broke up, and uh, Vincent Furnier, which is Alice Cooper's real name, he had his name legally changed to Alice Cooper, and he started a solo career with the 1975 concept album "Welcome to My Nightmare." Um, you know, before I'd even heard of that album, I had a Marvel comic about it. So to, Damn, me, dude. So to me, that was sort of a cartoon. Alice Cooper was a more of a cartoon character or a comic ca- character. Yeah. My parents
1: owned Welcome to My Nightmare on Wax when I was a kid. Yeah. So I yeah. just knew that record. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think in the co- in the course of reading the comic, I realized, oh, they're talking about a piece of music that he's, you know, that he's referencing and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the comic was pretty good. I remember it was, it was Yeah. Uh, so they decided to make this record, uh, and producer Bob Ezrin, um, recruited Lou Reed's band for that album. So we got Lou Reed's band, which is like a big coup, I feel like. And then, uh. And then
1: Bob And then Bob Ezrin. Ezrin. I'm trying to remember if he's come up on this, on our show yet. Bob Ezrin. I'm not sure. It doesn't seem like the right genre for much Bob Ezrin talk. You no, know, no. But.
0: Yeah, he's usually more associated with like the wall. But if I remember right, we also
1: when we were talking about White Snake, that dude worked with the Grateful Dead. So I mean, True. here we are. So True. sometimes that shit happens.
0: But. True. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of any Bob Ezrin that we might have had so far, but maybe if anybody <laughs> remembers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alice has sold over 50 million albums during his career. That is a lot. 50 million. Uh, he's credited with bringing horror imagery to rock and roll, and for upping the level of showmanship and stagecraft. His uh, stage makeup was inspired by Betty Davis in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which is cool and weird.
1: Yeah, an awesome freaking
0: movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an awesome movie, but what a weird. I think I will be Betty Davis when I'm on stage. Um, in the early 1980s, Alice had gone through a lot, uh, including being in a sanitarium, fighting alcoholism, and cirrhosis of the liver. Um, he worked on music and he was in movies and on TV sh- shows, uh, including, I thought this was kind of interesting. He was on lunch with Soupy Sales where Soupy shoved a pie in Alice's face. Um, Soupy was one of Alice Cooper's, uh, heroes as a kid. That makes and sense. So he, but he, he said, wow. it, he said it was one of his greatest experiences was having, getting a pie in the face by Soupy Sales.
1: It's weird to me to think that, <laughs> but that far on Soupy Sales, still had a TV show. I
0: know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but for three years, Alice largely lived in seclusion because he was, you know, going through all this stuff. Um, In 1985, he began working with a guitarist named Kane Roberts, and after not being on a label for a few years, he was signed to MCA Records. Which brings us to Constrictor, the album we're talking to now. See, he figured
1: he would get Kane Roberts because if you get a really large guitar player, it's like having two guitar players. That's right. (laughs) 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 Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Kane Roberts. For those who may not know, he's 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 a bodybuilder. Really, is he's he's big and muscly.
1: And in my head, I I tend to confuse his name with the name of Kane Hodder, which. (laughs) It's funny that that happens uh, yeah. because th- that person is going to come up yeah. in this episode of this
0: show. Oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> uh, Constrictor is considered Alice's big comeback album because uh, his last few didn't sell very well. and uh, So his star had kind of fallen. And I think um, it was the first time – this
1: was a three-year gap in between albums. Mm-hmm. I think
0: that was the first time yeah. he
1: had some, one that long, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, pretty close. Yeah.
0: He put a, he put out an album almost every year until that break when he finally kind of lost it. Yeah. Um, yeah, in addition to Kane Roberts, he brought in bassist Kip Winger, who, you know, we have already talked We've about talked about extensively. You might have heard of him. Yeah. Uh, the album charted at 59, which was con- it was considered a big success. The band toured and it got rave reviews and there's a live video of it documenting the Nightmare Returns tour, which is largely regarded as the definitive Alice Cooper performance. So, so this was a, this album was a big deal for Alice Cooper. Uh so, so he Kane, needed a win. Yeah, yeah, he needed a win. Um, Kane Roberts, uh, like we said, he's he's huge and muscular. He, he looks like Rambo, if you think of yeah him, basically Rambo. I mean and he plays guitars that look like machine guns and shoot rockets out of them. <laughs> what other era yeah. Yeah. would have that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob Ezrin liked Kane Roberts enough that he used him on some of his albums, including an album by Berlin. So Kane Roberts played on a Berlin album that Bob Ezrin. I really produced. want to
1: picture a live show where they're yeah. doing "Take My Breath Away" and he's using the fucking rock <laughs> right. <on his> guitar. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: and a Rod Stewart album. Kane Roberts played on a Rod Stewart album that no Bob kidding. Ezrin. produced. Yeah.
1: That Bob uh, Bob yeah. Ezrin did a Rod Stewart
0: album. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> wow. Uh, he also co-wrote a Kiss song for their Revenge album. Uh, and he dropped out of music for a long time and did graphic design and computer programming work, which I thought was interesting. So he's not just the body. he's he's got the brains too. Um, and he came back decades later and he played on Alice's two thousand and twenty two tour.
1: So, I remember that being a big yeah. deal. Yeah, they announced yeah. that well, cause wasn't that the tour, I think initially that Nita Strauss ended up ended up leaving the band for a while? Yeah, and then he came in for, yeah, I think that was the I think maybe that's the right. case there,
0: yeah, um. This album has the hair metal dream team of production, I would oh say. Oh, boy. It's uh, like, like, I didn't... Bo Hill and Michael Wagner, both of whom we've gushed about in like that's crazy half that, of these episodes. They, like,
1: <laughs> well, he, Bo Hill's come up... Well, I mean, we right. did Rat. Uh, and yeah. And Michael Wagner's just worked with a ton of people. I yeah. Mean, it wasn't... I mean, like, Wagner, he... Didn't he do some work on, like, Too Fast for Love?
0: I think so. I and right? Dokken. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Both these guys have been all over the place in, in, our, in this podcast. So, like, and the two... I think this is the first time that I've seen them together on an album, though.
1: That's the weirdest part yeah. is that they're together. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I guess... Wagner was also the mixer yeah. on the album, and there was yeah. assistance. And I see one of the assistant mixers is a guy named Garth Richardson, which is crazy to me because okay. uh, the the albums I can think of that Garth Richardson has produced mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, are the Melvins' uh, Stoner Witch, oh okay, uh, uh, the Jesus Lizards' um, Shot, okay, uh, great, uh, great record, Testaments Low. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, yeah, to think that he was on Constrictor is crazy. Mm -hmm. And this has, like, a lot larger staff than a lot of the records we talk about. We were mentioning that before the show. Because, like, usually, you know, a lot of these 80s, well, especially when you get to the early 80s albums ones and they're recording on the cheap, you have a producer, a mixer... Yeah. engineer. Yeah. Maybe the guy who person the person who mastered it. And that's yeah. about it. And yeah, this yeah. one, there's uh there's assistant engineers whose names I've Steven Ben Ben, Ira McLaughlin.
0: I, I wanted to talk about Steven Ben Ben. Uh, okay, I was hoping bit. maybe
1: you'd he, find something on him because
0: yeah, I pulled up his page and I just hadn't got over to it yet. Yeah, he's got a laundry list of credits, everything from Kiss to oh, Al Dimiola. Uh,
1: oh, he was the assistant engineer on one of my favorite uh like uh, R and B records of the 80s. There's a band called Clear. Uh-huh. The album's called Intimate Connection. It's an awesome album. The last oh, wow. song on, or uh, uh, one of the songs on that album is a song called Tonight that ended up being the basis of a sample from one of my favorite DJ Quick songs. That's okay. right. you hear that? We're talking about DJ Quick on this show, and that's the, <laughs> the line I just made in this. And yeah, uh, yeah I see Invasion of Your pir- Privacy yeah. is, is in his credits.
0: And he did that uh, Mick Jagger David Bowie cover of Dancing in the Streets. He did that.
1: Yeah. Well that's
0: so he's, that is a credit. Yeah,
1: he, that, that's,
0: yeah, that's pretty up
1: there. <laughs> I see Midnight Dynamite. Yeah. He was an engineer on Midnight Dynamite. Uh yeah. and some Shaka Khan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but you can tell this album is like it's designed to have hits. It's like a, yeah, a, it's like he brought in the full team. They're using their full ass. Well, cause you, you know? got to figure you know
1: a lot of the people who were huge Alice Cooper fans and were all right. influenced by him by '86 were making big records. Yeah, I um, mean yeah. you know we still didn't have Guns N' Roses like or yet, but there was yeah. plenty of bands by '86 who were like Alice Cooper fans who were making yeah. these big, slick, well-selling yeah. records, and he's like, well, shit, I can do that. <laughs>
0: Does this pass the hair, smell, hair metal smell test?
1: I mean, pretty much, yeah. Yeah,
0: I don't, yeah, that's my, I don't, I like I don't see why not. That, uh, <laughs> there's a, uh,
1: one of the backing vocalists on this is a guy named Tom Kelly, and it's totally not the guy who was the manager for the uh, Minnesota oh. Twins in the 80s. Oh, wow. It's not that guy.
0: Or the guitar <laughs> player for Slaughter.
1: That's Tim (laughs) Kelly. Oh, that's
0: Tim Kelly. No, you're right. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs)
1: But yeah, Yeah. so it just makes me laugh. So the guy who did some backing vocals on this record, he also uh, helped write such songs as True Colors, uh, Alone by Heart, uh, In Your Room by The Bangles, Eternal Flame, I Drove All Night by Cyndi Lauper, I Touch Myself by The Divinals, uh, Like a Virgin, uh, So Emotional by Whitney Houston. So as you can see, they brought in like a pop team. They were trying to make like a a record that was going to be one of the big accessible albums, and that's why you get somebody like that to come be on it.
0: Yeah. That's a hell of a resume, too. Jeez. It is. It is.
1: He's got some credits.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are your memories of this album?
1: Uh, probably around the time that we I realized there was some 80s Alice Cooper and that we should talk about it. <laughs> I knew exactly two songs on this record before we decided to get down with it. I mean, I knew yeah. Alice Cooper. When I was a yeah. kid, one of my friends had a CD of the of the album Trash, Okay, and I loved that. I thought yeah. it was so cool. And, like, my parents yeah. had Billion Dollar Babies, and they had Lace and Whiskey, and uh, and one other one that I'm not thinking of right now. And I've since gone through and, like, listened to most of his discography. But this one and Raise Your Fist and Yell were ones that I just kind of missed, because, you know, yeah. I think these... It's funny that this was his comeback, because this one does, hasn't really had a lot of reissuing or a lot of attention paid to it. It hasn't, yeah. uh, But the thing is, um, one of the songs on here, I, I I bought a KTEL compilation cassette tape. I think uh-huh. I've mentioned this cassette tape on this show before, because I think we've done an album that has one of the songs probably. Yes, um, quite right. Uh, okay. But uh, there was an Alice Cooper song on it. It was a uh-huh. KTEL tape called, called Twisted Metal. <laughs> and the Alice Cooper song on it was, he's back the man behind the mask from yeah. Friday the 13th part six. Uh-huh. And I was like, this doesn't sound like metal, but this song's cool as hell. I like this song a lot. Yeah. Uh, most every song on that compilation, I still enjoy it to this day, except for the Ted Nugent song. I never really liked it that much. Yeah. Um, I even like the wasp song that's on there, and I'm not a huge wasp guy either. Oh, they never nice. got that hard. For, but uh, the headless children's a badass song. But yeah, so that's okay. how I, that, that's all I know about Constrictor. So we sat down to listen to it, and, I, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's clear to me that he wanted to write songs for movies, which we will also get into in a minute. But, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so that is about the sum total. Then I sat down to listen yeah. to it and make my notes and. Uh, so that's pretty much it for me. I assume you yeah. at least were familiar with it when it came out.
0: I was, yeah, and uh, and I got familiar with it um, more later. Uh, but this, uh, my big memory for this was this. This was my second concert that I ever went to. Oh,
1: so you saw the tour for this? I saw the tour oh, for this shit, one, dude. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was. Uh, um, and Megadeth opened for them. And, and if I, I remember was, right, yeah. they, Megadeth didn't last long on that tour. I don't think. Yeah, probably didn't not. Didn't they I, end up like? I could see that. had to leave it. Because, yeah. you know, he was
1: freshly sober and Dave was freshly yeah. not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing Megadeth. I think I was like 16 when I went to this concert. So I was pretty young. Uh, but it was... Uh, um, when Dave Mustaine was like, you know, they, they played some songs and people went nuts for it, actually. And then Dave Mustaine was like, whoa, hello, Iowa. He's like, he goes like, man, he goes, I'm so glad you're here. We didn't even know you guys knew about metal out here, <laughs> which, which which made me laugh, but like maybe, you know, I was, I was kind of proud, but also kind of like, wait. <laughs> well, you know, back in the day, there was a lot of like, yeah.
1: you know, there wasn't as much metal touring through the Midwest, man. No, no. You did your East Coast tours, your West Coast yeah. tours, maybe it's a, a Southern tour. Yeah. But not a lot of Midwest touring. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And then Alice Cooper, of course, like, uh, you know, Kane Roberts, all muscly and shooting rockets out of his machine gun guitar. And, you know, they had the, the guillotine up on the stage and Alice brought out like a boa constrictor at one point. And, you know, he chops his head off and they're running around with his head. And, you know, was, you know, I'm 16 years old. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> I imagine that was probably pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of set the bar, you know, in retrospect, like, you know, after that, it seemed like, well, that was pretty good. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I can see how that yeah. would set the bar for some of the shows you see yeah. subsequently. It's like, well, if I'm going to go to yeah. a big arena or something and go see a show. Yeah. There you go. There's your bar, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and kind of another weird memory is uh, uh, this was at Veterans Memorial Auditorium is where, yeah. where the show was, and uh, you know, and I'm 16 and I'm young and impressionable and I and I'm very naive. I've I've never done any drugs whatsoever <laughs> up, this, up to this point, point. Uh, and then this group next to us, like they made this circle in the middle of the the crowd, and they started shooting up heroin.
1: Holy! And
0: shit. I, you know, and I still have. I think that might be the only time i've seen people shooting up heroin it was, a little intense for me, a show yeah but it felt kind of intense i was just i so, totally uh, thought you were just gonna say and they started passing the joint around right yeah, yeah wow yeah, no, you went no.
1: way the hell up the ladder on that one no
0: yeah yeah no, not by choice that's yeah.
1: yeah that's kind of yeah it, wow. fre- it freaked me out as that, it should yeah, yeah. that's Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And what a weird place to decide to want to do that.
0: (laughs) I know. People are like, you know, I mean. You couldn't
1: have done that before you got there? Yeah,
0: we weren't. I guess you probably wouldn't have wanted to go there if you'd done it before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we weren't moshing exactly, but people were moving around enough. I wouldn't want to be sticking a needle in my arm. Yeah, that's also, that's kind of a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to go dark there, but it was. No, that's fine. It it was memorable. Um, uh, So this whole album is 37 minutes and 7 seconds, which is short and to the point.
1: Yeah, it does breeze right past. And
0: you, you kind of mentioned how the, the team was like a pop writing team, and I had a note that it kind of functions as almost a pop album, I think, the way that it... Compared
1: to pretty much yeah. all the other...
0: I think the yeah. next album, I, I haven't
1: really heard much of Razor, Fish, and Yell, but I'm guessing yeah. it's probably not a super departure from this, but it's yeah. never
0: been this poppy before. Right. Or since, really. Right, yeah. yeah. So we start out with uh, uh, Teenage Frankenstein, which was the second single from the album. Uh, It peaked at number 80 on the charts. It was written for a movie. It was, (laughs) and it was in a movie. Yeah, Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives. Yeah. There was a video of this song, uh, called from the footage of the Nightmare Returns concert video that we'd mentioned earlier before. Uh, it's, it's a cool song. There's uh, big catchy choruses. Um, there's some shredding here and there on it, and uh, and right out of the gate we get a pretty good guitar solo. So I thought I liked the play. intro too. I yeah. thought it was really good. But yeah, yeah. let's hear that solo. cocaine
1: nice. uh uh-huh. It was uh my thought is bo- you know for having this like production team yeah. the sound on this this record is thin
0: it is kind of thin i thought the same thing
1: uh i mean yeah <laughs> For a good team, and like we've done other records from this era that don't sound quite this thin.
0: Yeah, no, I I thought the same thing. Yeah, it, it sounds like you know kind of like lush but thin. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there, but right. for some reason the final
1: thing. But and then uh, what I was wondering is this the same Frankenstein that he's going to have to feed six years later? On, oh yeah, on, when, when we get to Wayne's <laughs> World. Because it was teenage then, yeah, so maybe yeah. it's bigger now and it's a lot more hungry. Oh, so that's you know, there's true. like a philosophical continuity there. That's uh-huh. right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah. the other thing that I noticed in the song is I can totally hear Kip Winger singing in the background. I can exactly pick oh, out Kip Winger's voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That definitely tracks. Yeah. Uh, and then the second song is called give it up uh, this is a it's a solid boogie rock kind of song with uh, with huge sounding choruses uh, I see you bow Hill with your giant choruses yep. <laughs> <laughs> and another pretty cool guitar solo moment when uh, our boy Kane Roberts uh, gets into some tapping and crazy bending stuff so I, th- I thought we would, oh hey. I, I thought we would play this too yeah. <laughs> And that that song seems to be about Alice's sobriety, as far as I can tell. Um, and you know, the funny thing is, to me, it's just the sound of the
1: song. I thought that somebody outside of the band wrote it.
0: Oh like, yeah. Before I got to the right, write- uh-huh. I'm like,
1: this this sounds like you know when you yeah, yeah when you're making your big prop record and you bring in some writers. Yeah. I would have totally thought that about this, and I had yeah. I lo- actually I had to go and look at the credits and be like, oh nope, that's just Alice Cooper and Kane Roberts. Wow. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> it and. It's like a good enough tune, but it it sounds like a side two song to me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That was just my thought on it. Now yeah. he also made a platinum record, so he, so you know, I right? Guess
0: right. Yeah. He
1: knows better than I do, but yeah, to me it's a side. <laughs> it sounds like a side two song. <laughs> yeah,
0: I would agree with that. It, yeah, it does. It, it's it's a little limp after you come out. You come out with teenage Frankenstein. You want to keep the yep. you keep the momentum up, you know. Um. And then next we've got "Thrill My Gorilla." I loved this one. Yeah, at three minutes and six seconds, it's the shortest song. And it also contains the immortal lyrics, Where Were You When the Monkey Hit the Fan? (laughs) <laughs> and that's just a great song title Yeah, mm-hmm. it is There's a another cool tapping solo in it um, The drums are so gated that they sound like a drum machine um, Okay, so you thought that too Alright, thank you I was just like, man like I yeah. know there's a drummer credited here Who's yeah. David Rosenberg Who
1: actually still works for produ- yeah. for a percussion technology companies to this day Oh, wow, okay um, But I was just like, what is with these drums, man? Yeah. Who... Yeah. Boy,
0: you know, like... Yeah, they don't sound real. There's rat <laughs> records
1: that have less gating right. on their drums. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this has this song has a fade out, so suck it, Blue Jam. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> the only joke <laughs> I made about this song was, was I said, Gorilla
1: is 80s for penis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Over, overall, I thought this was a super fun song. You know, yes, was, I, I thoroughly I, enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, then the fourth track on it, we've got Life and Death of the Party. When it started uh, I was like is this kiss me deadly? Right yeah. <laughs> okay you said that you thought that I, well I thought it was going to be a power ballad. You know I was like <laughs> well, okay no, here like we go. The actual
1: I think yeah. like the key like yeah. the, 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 the progression of the little thing at the beginning is like the same as kiss me
0: deadly. It, it, yeah it probably is yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then it, after you know when, when they start out like oh it's going to be a power ballad or kiss me deadly then it goes into a nice marching groove which is cool and you can you can definitely hear the huge production on this one. Um I I liked this song and uh and Kane Roberts with the epic hair metal bridge was shifting I actually parts. pointed out I was like wow Thing. Kane Kane yeah.
1: is uh, this is this is yeah. like his song isn't it like yeah, yeah. let's play that <laughs> oh, like, right like th-
0: this is his, this is his moment i think epic guitar moment on the on the album i thought it might be yeah yeah, that's yeah where i'd be inclined was, to agree with you he, he probably spent some time on that
1: yeah. <laughs> i was trying to decide if this song was it was about an ex which also didn't seem very necessarily on point i didn't think that was right so i was wondering if it was one of some one of like the hollywood vampires they used to hang out with back in the day
0: oh yeah
1: yeah i yeah like, i pulled up the lyrics and was checking it out i was, I was like huh i wonder if this is about one of the hollywood vampires <laughs> that was my thought on it i don't know
0: <laughs> And we've got uh, "Simple Disobedience." This is a more huge production, and and there's some cool, almost new wave guitar moments on it. I, I did enjoy it once again. I, I like it. Yeah. I thought it had a really cool intro, just like "Teenage Frankenstein" did. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah. I was like, is this like the most '80s song he ever '80s or what? Yeah, it's very very '80s. Now, granted, yeah. we haven't yeah. even gotten to the last song, but yeah. that's yeah. But yeah. this
0: one is even more '80s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some awesome guitar layering stuff in the middle of the tune. Um, it, it it's like the dance song of the album, too. That which is part of like the well, 80s. Yeah, and, and was, that was part of
1: my thought on yeah. it. Yeah, and it was like uh, yeah. and then my thought was, is this about escape from New York? <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, and then there's like chanting about standing up, to the, uh, like, standing up to the government. Right, you know? and
1: it sounds like an, it, it. It it wasn't in a movie or anything or offered yeah. to one, but it sounds like it could have been. Yeah, it does. Like yeah. it sounds like a movie yeah. a
0: song you write for a movie. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. And I like I like Alice's vocal melody on this. I mean, oh, it's absolutely. Pretty, and it, the last that, verse is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And it has that climbing part in it and stuff like that. It's <laughs> like good job on the singing, yeah. But yeah yeah, but chanting about standing up to the government in the middle it was like, oh what's going on? <laughs> and that's how we close the side. Yeah. Yep. And then side two comes back with the world needs
1: guts. And my first comment on it was two world class producers, and you made drums that sound like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the song starts with some fast tapping riff stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, it sounds, it sounds pretty dancey again. They sound like the fake drums. Um, and there's some amazing lyrical gems on here. Uh, oh, absolutely. Like a, so, Actually, what I said yeah. is the more you ponder the lyrics, the weirder they get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some maniac butchers trying to hack away your balls. I was like, oh, uh, uh, okay. All right, man. Yeah. And turn around kicking and rearrange your sack. <laughs> Like, wow, yeah. who are you mad at? Who are yeah. you mad at, man? Yeah. And there's that uh there's that little drum fill he does to accent right after Alice says the word sack. <laughs> just to really emphasize it. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Oh man. And then and then that leads into another fade out. Suck at Blue Jack again. Yeah.
1: So I mean, yeah, it, it's a fun song. It's just sort of like, huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh Trick Bag is the next one. Now this is weird. Yeah. Um because yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is weird.
1: Because this started out as a demo for a different song. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, there's a demo of He's Back, the man behind the mask. Yeah. It, it, uh, and then they reworked it a little bit from the demo, and it came onto the album as this song. Okay. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, this was originally written as a different song that still ended up okay. being a song on this album that ended up being a much more popular song. So it's just, you know, yeah. the strange roads that compositions take sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but my first yeah. note on the song was, I'm glad I didn't buy
0: this LP. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Alice, you are still cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, Trick Bags the longest song on the on the album. Uh I love the the funk guitar and disco synths in it. Uh it's it's more dance music again. And I think the playing's
1: great um, in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like it's really naughty, but I can't quite figure out what's going on enough to be sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like is it naughty? Maybe it's not. Maybe what's called uh, there's definitely something sexual and kinky going in it. Um very melodic guitar solo by Kane Roberts. And and another fade out. Man, Blue Jack is just sucking the hell yeah, out dude. of it today. <laughs> you really <laughs> yeah. should have showed up
1: to talk about this record with us, right. man. Yeah, I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> then we're up to Crawlin', uh, which has more 80s synths in it. And I actually <laughs> thought that should have been on side one. I would have yeah. switched it and give yeah. it up. Yeah, and it's got the line, well, I'm an alley cat, and you're a hot little Siamese. <laughs> <laughs> he was watching some Disney movies, yeah, wasn't was, he? Yep. Cool, I've it, seen that one. Yeah, it has a, a big build-up at the end and yet another fade-out. So, big, yeah, big like... fade-outs on, on, on this one. Um, yeah, some Blue Jack would hate this album. if it's with I mean, I mean, <laughs> Over half of those songs are fading out. Yeah, dude, what's you know? up? <laughs> uh, then we've got The Great American Success Story. And this was intended to be in the movie Back to School, but it wasn't used. As um. clearly noted by the chorus, <laughs> yeah, right,
1: yeah, right, yeah. He yeah <laughs> just yeah. being straight up, like,
0: hey, yeah. this song's for your yeah. movie. Yeah, he yeah, he sings the name of the, the, the movie a bunch, and it's catchy, you know. It's like, so it's kind of a shame it didn't.
1: And that's what I was yeah. like, did Hollywood have like a like a real brief like obsession uh, with wanting to have Alice Cooper do a song for their flick? That's and, what it seems like. Yeah, you know? he had a
0: moment where because even yeah,
1: because yeah, shit, even some of the yeah. like we I said some of the mm-hmm. songs on this album that weren't on movies, they sound like it was like this could be in a movie you know
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, there's... and I actually thought it sounded a little bit okay okay do you remember the song Summertime Girls by y yeah yeah this sounds like that era Y&T to me oh yeah I could see that. what I hear yeah. in this song y- yeah yeah I could which see which is that. funny because that song by y yeah. was in a movie
0: <laughs> one of the best movies ever real genius oh nice okay <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of playing with panning on this one with Alice's voice um, and a bunch of very clever lyrics. Um, he's, a, he's sort of, Alice is surprisingly funny sometimes, I think, you know, and, and I think this is one of those cases where, it, where that happened.
1: It's too bad that this wasn't yeah. in the movie because we could yeah. have had a video of this song that
0: would have yeah. had the triple Lindy in it. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, missed opportunity. Uh, and then we got our closing track. He's back, the man behind the mask. My very favorite yeah. of all Alice Cooper songs. This is my yeah. absolute favorite one. I it's love a good it. song. Yeah. I love this song. Yeah, it was written for Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Because J- I really lives. like. Yeah.
1: I, I like Friday the Thirteenth
2: yeah. Six.
0: Yeah, yeah. this but, this song was a number one hit in Sweden. It has a, a sample of Jason's ch ch, ch- in it. <laughs> More big eighty synths, uh, very very dancey and new wavy again, melodic. Um, yeah, I love it. It's it's one of my favorite metal meets movies crossover songs ever. It's it's up there with Dream Warriors. I do I
1: do enjoy his yeah. run through of like, uh, it's like the second verse is like, is one of the best little run throughs of like horror tropes ever. Yeah, because <laughs> none of those tropes are necessarily ones that apply to Jason. Yeah, or, or the way that those movies are set up, and it's just great.
0: And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the vocals sound like so processed and clean on this. It's like uh yeah. Here, here's where you see that here are the money. And apparently, the this is not the one on the album. Is not
1: the one from the movie. Oh wow! It was remixed for the movie, um, and it makes me wonder if I could find one of those, like a twelve inch single of that. Because I don't know yeah. if I want to search out the whole movie soundtrack. Cause those are probably rare and expensive now, and that's just. Well, it's, gonna uh, Alice get Cooper it
0: should be out there. I would, I would think, think so. And yeah. then you know,
1: the, is that single gonna be? Is it gonna yeah. have that?
0: Yeah. It actually turns out there was
1: another song. Uh, that didn't make it onto Constrictor. That was in. Oh yeah. Uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Uh, there's a song called "Hard Rock Summer" that you hear at one point.
0: Okay. It's an okay. Alice Cooper
1: song, and it, they didn't end up putting it on Constrictor. So oh, theoretically, weird. if you could track down that soundtrack, you might get another song. I don't know yeah. if it's actually like I, I uh-huh. haven't looked up the actual uh, soundtrack, but Let's uh, see if it's on it. Okay. No. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I, I thought the guitar solo on this, uh, King Roberts almost sounds like David Gilmore-ish on this one, which I thought was kind of interesting. You um, can
1: tell that they were playing yeah. for a movie.
0: Yeah, 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 and it has a cool bridge, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, are you ready to talk about some vinyl?
1: I think I am. Okay, well, I mean, and this one hasn't been around a whole lot. There's just not, like... I mean, it had a whole bunch of pressings and everything back when it came out. Um, and it was also issued on CD at the same time, which, okay, well, I guess, you know, in 86, that's that's kind of an earlier early adopter of that. Yeah. Um, and it, it it got a pretty big everywhere release. I mean, it, it, there isn't, uh-huh. like, just the European release. Like, it actually breaks down to, like, Spain, Germany. I mean, there was, like, a continental pressing, but there was LPs of it everywhere. Even, like, there was a Mexican pressing, uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, I mean, it's all over, and there's 69 total different versions of it, but it gets a little rough, like, through the 90s. There's nothing. Okay. Uh, and it, it's only ever been reissued on CD since 1986. So the 1986 oh, wow. LPs are all that there is. Uh, yeah, the last uh, 20 years of reissues have all been cd or it looks like uh, Geffen did, like, a digital reissue of it. Like, download oh, only wow. in 2007, okay. which okay. is strange. Yeah. So it's just not super around right now.
0: That surprises me. Uh,
1: the last time it was issued in the U.S. was that digital one from 2007. Yeah. There's two, one, two, three Russian reissues in 2008, 2014, and 2020, yeah. respectively, that are not official. And then there was a, uh, a, a Japanese uh, CD reissue. But that's pretty much it. That I tend it, to think
0: of Alice Cooper fans as being very vinyl friendly. Kind one of.
1: would think, but yeah. yeah, this album just sort of exists in a dead spot now in his in his catalog, which is funny since yeah. it's, it's the one that like brought him back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's just. Huh. And it, probably because from 1986, it's owned by Universal because it came out at MCA. Okay, and I don't remember. So, like, I don't think a lot of his MCA stuff has gotten a whole lot of reissues. But okay. uh, yeah, so this one's just it.
0: It's in limbo. You got to you got to go dig for it. <laughs> wow. I bet copies of that are pretty
1: pricey. (laughs) They can be. They're not terrible. Okay. Mostly just because it's just not one of his more popular albums at this point. Like, most people are going to go back to the 70s. Right, yeah. Or they're going to go, like, to trash. They're going to skip this period. Like, Raise Your Fist and Yell, if I was to look that up right now, I'm guaranteeing you it's probably the same shape. It had a big release in 87, a few digital releases. That's it. Okay. Like, I would bet money on it.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and, and by the time you get to trash, that's where he had all the guest stars on it. I think. So yes, trash is loaded with
1: guest stars. Yeah,
0: so that one's probably readily available. I would assume. I believe it's yeah. been
1: reissued fairly recently. I want to say yeah. somebody put out an LP of it. Maybe like one of those companies, like Friday Music, Real Gone, somebody like yeah. that.
0: That'd be that'd be a good one for us to talk about at some point too. I would just not be opposed of, to that because it of all was the a guest big stars. record. It a big record. Yeah,
1: and I think we've talked about a couple different bands who have people who've guested on that.
0: Because
1: yeah. I. Th- yeah, but we haven't talked about yeah we haven't talked about Aerosmith yet. But they, which yeah. is probably something we should cover at some point. Yeah. Uh, but man, now I'm all of a sudden blanking because like I think Nikki Six is on there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, most of Bon Jovi or, or part of Bon Jovi's on there. Well, the funny thing is, yeah. Okay. Every, almost everybody from Aerosmith is on trash but the funny thing is Steven Tyler's on one song and everybody else is on the other <laughs> song So that's kind of funny <laughs> that is kind of funny <laughs> So yeah that's your that's yeah. your long-winded yet still yeah. information free uh, vinyl history lesson okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's talk about some guitars. guitars! Which guitar are you going to talk uh, yeah. about? I was going to say specifically. <laughs> I mean, how often do you get this opportunity? Uh, yeah, so. I mean,
1: I can't imagine yeah. that outside of this, though, that there was yeah. probably a lot of gear stuff to find
0: out right. there. Right, yeah. Although it's a little all over the place. The yeah. only
1: thing I was able to dig up and no. offer for you is, is that uh, that David Rosenberg works for Innovative Percussion. Okay. It's a company. So it's not the gear that he used back then, but at least there's okay. a little tiny piece of something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Kane Roberts' guitar, that's what we want to know about. It's, uh, it is a Stremel Guitars Pyrotechnic Machine Gun Guitar. Apparently, Ke- apparently Kesha plays one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's made by Johnson Guitars. They have a website, and you can buy them. I was looking at it. Uh, they have an AK-47 guitar. They're located in Arizona, in Yuma. After the Johnson Guitars uh, name was acquired by overseas manufacturers, um, which I thought was funny. I, I was like, how many overseas manufacturers are named Johnson? But <laughs> seriously, <laughs> uh, Rick Johnson, the founder, designer, and builder of Johnson Guitars USA, started to build under the name Stremel, which is a name of, of their family history. Oh, okay. Uh, Uh, Kane Roberts said that the guitar was remarkably comfortable to play and also to wear, but he recalled a time during his first stint with Alice Cooper when it wasn't operating properly. He said there was one time when we were at a theater and it didn't shoot. And I went, oh, shit. okay, I don't know why, but it didn't shoot. And it didn't shoot the night before either. I I did the dumbest thing. I did the thing you're never supposed to do on stage because you're just supposed to roll with it. I kind of looked back at the drummer, Ken K. Mary, and I was like, oh, Jesus, it's not working again. Ken, he like pointed at the audience, and I turned around, and it was shooting flames over the audience. Man, <laughs> man I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh my god! I, I saw that story, and I couldn't help but oh like no, not that's put that, wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad
1: that I'm glad that got into, yeah. the, uh, into the
0: episode. <laughs> cool. Well, now we're gonna take a short break, and we're gonna be back with our special guest. Woo-hoo. To hair metal memories, we have a special guest today, Dr. Randy McLaughlin from Columbus, Ohio. Going to say, "Hi, Randy." Hello. Thanks. Thank you so much for
2: considering having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, That's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being on. Uh, and 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 Randy comes to us via our friend BJ, who we've measured, we've mentioned on the podcast actually Several a few times. times. <laughs> so uh, uh, she lives in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, and Randy is her eye doctor, and also. For the purposes of our podcast, mm-hmm. happens to be the eye doctor to Alice Cooper and 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 several other musicians. Is that right?
2: That that is correct. Yeah, I just want to disclose. I'm I have no talent. I'm not a manager. I'm not in business with them. I'm just kind of their friend. And oh yeah, um, I just I don't speak for them. But you know, yeah, I'm sure. happy to share some some wonderful things I know about these people.
0: Yeah, please please do. So so how did you meet Alice Cooper? How did you get well, Did
2: you know, you know when I was growing up, I, I was, uh, my father was, uh, inner city school vice principal, pretty strict. And, um, at inner city schools, uh, you know, the first record I bought was Curtis Mayfield Superfly, And then, uh, one night, you know, back in the day before MTV, there was in concert, uh, in concert shows. And there was an in concert coup with, um, curtis mayfield and special guest alice cooper at two o'clock in the morning and i stayed up and watched that and i thought man this alice cooper this is for me so growing up alice cooper was kind of an outlet to me and then in 1997 alice had his first um uh charity golf tournament for his charity which is called solid rock and uh i was going to play golf in in arizona and it cost about twenty five hundred dollars that i didn't have but i thought i'm going to do this and uh, I, that's when I got to meet him when I played in his first charity golf tournament.
1: Oh, that's cool! Yeah. And Curtis Mayfield, Alice Cooper, what a, what a <laughs> yeah. pairing! what? Awesome. I mean, the, just...
2: look, look <laughs> it up. But that—that's what it was. And uh, you know, I think it was that Nassau show right when school's out came out, and you know, I got this is this is for me. Absolutely, you know, this that's is the kind fantastic. of music I like.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, what what happened when after you met him?
2: Well, you know, so I, I go to his first golf tournament, and in 1997, Ohio State had beaten Arizona State, which is located in Phoenix, in the Rose Bowl. It was a rather exciting game. They had great players on the Ohio State team, Mike Vrabel, head coach now, Luke Fickle, coach at Wisconsin, and Orlando Pace, and I had this ball signed by all of our team. And it was probably worth tens of thousands of dollars in Columbus, Ohio, but I thought, I'm going to take this and give it to Alice's Charity. So I donated it to the charity the first time. And the first thing Alice Cooper ever said to me, as you know, I was standing by this ball and he walks right after he looks at this ball and he goes, no, one's going to bid on this, you know, and that was the first thing <laughs> Alice said to me. So that's how our, that's how our friendship started off. But, uh, you know, I just kept going back and supporting his charity, solid rock, solid rock is a charity where Alice and Cheryl Cooper, you know, had the, had the dream of starting, um, you know, teenage uh, shelters for kids, so they wouldn't join gangs that were maybe a little bit underprivileged. So they could learn the arts, dance, music, uh, and you know that that's where Alice's, uh, that's what he, uh, you know, w- you know, as a Christian, really strive to want to tr- want to try to help help kids out. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had people look into the Alice Cooper Solid Rock if they want to learn more about his uh, charity. Okay.
0: That's yeah, a, that sounds great. That's a pretty cool connection. You 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 met him through trying to do good things in the world. Well, he, I mean, Alice Cooper is is
2: you know you know it's 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 a blessing when you you know somebody you you you've looked up to and you know the only person I ever want to meet in my life was uh, was Alice Cooper and and I was a good tennis player. I wanted to meet Stan Smith, the tennis player, and I met them both, and they're both good great great people. Ooh. And it's just it's it's just so refreshing that you meet someone that that you've kind of looked up to. And, and they're just a great, great human being. There, there, there's not too many be- people better than Alice and Cheryl Cooper. So
0: that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, tell us some more. What, what's, what's, what's it like hanging out with Alice well, Cooper? <laughs> well,
2: I mean, I, I mean, you know, Alice Cooper, he, he, he's not hurting for friends. I mean, Alice sure. knows everyone. Right. I mean, Alice, Alice and his manager, Shep, you know, for instance, you know, uh, you know groucho marx was nearly destitute before he died and, and they they rehabilitated his career so he had some money
1: i've heard um, many stories about about uh, alice uh, hanging out with groucho marx and uh, I,
2: I i mean you know i mean he he they they, they just have a good heart and they they just kind of you know you know you would think groucho marx had a ton of money didn't have it and then, then you know the alice and shep you know getting back before he passed away um But, you know, Alice, Alice is a recovering alcoholic. Everyone knows about that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he tours uh, when he goes to a town. Alice's schedule is to play golf in the morning, uh, you know, take a shower and then walk them all because he doesn't want to go back to the room. Then then, you know, he'll go do his phoners, uh, you know, get ready for the show. And I mean, you know, when he comes to town, see me, I'm exhausted when he leaves. And this guy does this is 74 five-year-old guy now that does uh, a fantastic show so um i mean i just if if people haven't seen alice cooper i mean you you just gotta go if you know you just gotta go see him because as rob rob zombie said when he inducted him to the hall of fame this is the man that that invented the rock show i mean yeah there would be no taylor swift or taylor or drake or any of these big shows without alice cooper because he's the one that invented the rock show
0: so he did he made it theatrical for sure yeah. So
1: then, how did it? How did it end up that uh, he decided to have you as his uh, doctor or whatever? That's
2: just well. That just... I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't want to say technically. I've taken care of his kids and his wife, and okay, you know, Alice right. had good okay. had good vision, you know. Uh, but you know, he, he would just come to town, and you know, his kids would wear contact lenses. I'd help him get them and check their eyes when they were here, and oh, okay. Um, you, you, you know, through through meeting Alice, you know, I, I've just met so many other people uh, because Alice, you know, he, he, he's just an icon, you know, yeah. up there with Bowie or Prince or, or whatever. But, um, you know, for instance, the first golf tournament, you know, uh, I met Dave Mustaine. Uh, Dave Mustaine asked Alice to be his godfather, to help him with his sobriety. You know, I've met, I you know. I heard about that. <laughs> Eric Singer was drumming for Alice at the time. Eric singer's from Cleveland, Ohio, a giant, a high state Buckeye fan, and, and you know so so we we became really close because of our shared interest in other sports, you know sports teams um you know, I met Bobby Dahl from Poison, you know oh, you know people cool. would come and support Alice's charity, and you know you'd just meet them, and you know you just you would network and you know um you know people people have said to me, you know what do you do? What do you do when you meet a famous person and I go that's pretty easy. When you meet somebody famous, just treat them like anybody else and never ask them for anything. They'll check you out. And then, you know, then you're in, you know, so, you know, celebrities are just like anybody else. They get a ring ring around their bathtub, just like you and I do. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, When's, when's the last time you talked to Alice? Um,
2: you know, we saw Alice, um, we saw Alice in October, Uh you know, he, he did his show, his show in, in the Dayton area, he was here in Columbus and, and, and he, he was uh, on the stadium tour with the crew and death. And, you know, we saw him there. Um, he, he, I mean, Alice is, is an interesting person in the fact that he, he's pretty got a lot of wisdom in the fact that, you know, 20 years ago, I would, Alice, what's, what's your, what's your cell phone number? Uh, what's your email Randy, I don't have one. I don't have one. And I go, well, why don't you have one? He goes, because Randy, I'd have to deal with it. So he's smart (laughs) enough to realize that he has people to do that for him. And then, you know, because like, if, if, if I want to call, if I need to talk to him, I just got to call Cheryl, you know, because, you know, his wife. So, you know, that, that's, that's how it goes. You know, Alice is pretty, pretty clever, pretty smart when it comes to
0: that. Sure. That makes.
2: Well, it, and again, you know, meeting meeting Mustain at the time they were put in my life because I had in our family, you know, uh, there were some addiction problems on some 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 loved ones in my family, and you know, to have Alice Cooper and Dave Mustaine advise me on how to help people through that was like, you know, uh, an act of God. So uh, you know, yeah, that's I'm, I'm pretty secured. big. I, I mean, I'm just pretty, I'm pretty eternally grateful to both of them, you know, for that time in my life. I'm, I'm estranged from Dave. I haven't talked to Dave in 15 years, but I, I just owe him a debt. And, you know, Dave Mustaine is is just an absolute genius. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to like his music, but, you know, he, he just, he's just a genius. And um, Oh, I'm a mega uh, F- fan right here. I'll yeah. tell you that. Well, yeah, I mean. You know, you know. I mean, I I I was close to him, I was close to his family. Uh, there was a time when Dave was, um, you know, not doing very well with his back, and his wife trusted me, and you know, they came to Ohio State, and some of the physicians in Ohio State looked at him, and you know, at at the time, uh, the people from Dean Guitars came to came to my house, and he negotiated a guitar deal with Dean right at my or right at my dinette. You know, oh, that's awesome. But, uh, <laughs> nice. Well, well no, no, but I'm just saying. I yeah. mean. I, you know, I, I just I just think the world of Dave, uh, my my personal opinion, uh, some of those Metallica stories of, um, you know, they wanted to fire him because he was a drunk and mean drunk and stuff like that. I don't necessarily agree with there. I wasn't there. I don't know James Hetfield or Lars, but I think James Hetfield would look around the room at the time and he'd see Cliff Burton, he'd see Lars Ur- Urich, and they'd see – this red haired guitar genius. And I think James Hetfield realized that I'm never going to be the front man of this band. So I got to get rid of this guy. So that's just my personal opinion of what happened yeah. in that situation.
0: That's a, so. that's a group of intense individuals too. So yeah. that's a, yeah. Yeah,
1: they do talk about yeah. how back in the day uh, in the early days of Metallica. Yeah. James was the singer, but like in between songs, Dave was the one who was always doing all the crowd work and stuff. So
2: that I, I have heard about that. Well, I mean, you know, You know, I mean, I think, you know, you know, I got to watch what I say too much, but I mean, Dave's troubled, you know, with Metallica. And I I just thought, you know, you know, Dave, you know, people people get both the music, uh, you know, but Megadeth is I felt stuck way to their musical roots more than Metallica has. But that's just my opinion. But, you know, Dave, I don't think people care how many Paintings Lars has that. That's not. That's not who no, wins. You no, know. Who don't. wins is you know what 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 songs people remember. You know so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dave Mustaine's taught me a couple things that about music that I didn't know because he would have like a album coming out and and he was talking about how he's going to promote it and I go, well, wh- why don't you just go on Letterman again? And he looks at me like I'm stupid and he goes because that costs money. And I go, what do you mean it costs money? He goes, you pay to be on Letterman. You know, wow. when you're a band, and I thought I I had no idea of that. I, did, I didn't know that either. And then and then he taught me. You know, I think I think again. I don't speak for Dave Mustaine. I, I haven't speak to him in a long time, but you know, I mean, I think he I think he he thought Sharon Osbourne. You know, ran ran music, and I think he taught me like during during the Ozfest. Oops, sorry about my dogs. Sorry about oh, my sorry. dogs. Okay. Um, but but he taught me like at Ozfest. You know, maybe of all the ba- all of all the um, bands on on the uh, on the festival tour, only like four or five of them got paid. All the other bands paid to be on Ozfest, which I found interesting. Wow. You know, the record companies would have to pay. Wow. And the third and the third thing I could I could r- realize I remember the old MTV News, ding, 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 you know, you heard it first. Remember that <laughs> yeah, yeah. that that was, that was a cells riff. <laughs> and I go, Dave, you must have made a lot of money off of that you know, them using P cells. And he goes, not a penny. I go, why? He goes, it was eight notes. You get paid for nine. Wow.
1: Oh, that's right. There's yeah. Skirting around the licensing.
2: Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just a layman that didn't know, but you know, these are the things that I learned through the, through the music business. So,
1: yeah. I mean, that's fascinating just getting to pick up those little bits of info as you're just interacting with these people that you meet through a golf tournament, right? I mean, that's great how that webs out and just gives you so much fantastic information you just wouldn't have thought about otherwise.
2: Not at all. I mean, I I, I like – and Alice has taught me that, Randy, I still get to do this because I don't put on a bad show. And what he meant by that, you don't necessarily have to like my music or whatever, but I am not going to halfway it. I'm going to give it my all every city wherever I'm at. And, and I kind of likened that to my, to my medical practice. I thought, you know, I, I, I can't put on a bad exam. You know, I learned that sure. from Alice, you know, every, everyone's important and you're just as good as your last show, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's applicable to all kind of uh, business. business.
0: Yeah. Oh no, that's a great way to look at it. Absolutely. I, I always thought that Dave Mustaine would be really intense. Is he, is he, is he intense? He's, in really, he's really intense. Yeah. Okay. He's, really <laughs> yeah intense. Okay. he's really intense. He's <laughs> okay. really intense. He's, he's really funny. Okay. I mean,
2: he's, I mean, you know, you know, he, he is, like I said, I, I'm, I'm somewhat estranged from him, yeah. but I only have want to have good things to say about Dave, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. That
0: is awesome. Yeah. And, and who, you said that, uh, like,
2: well, the, I mean the, the other people I, I've met, you know, Eric Singer, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I've, I've through Eric, you know, you know, learning, you know, I've taken I've had the privilege of taking care of Doc McGee, the manager, you oh, know, sure. taking care of Paul, Paul, Paul and, and his wife. I still, you know, you know, help supply their contact lenses to them and their son. And, you know, th- these people, they're they're um, I mean, they're, they're 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 good to me. You know, I, I when you when you when you go to a show. I mean, you need to realize that this is their office. This is where they work. Yeah, you know, sure you're a guest there. You're a guest there. It's not about you. You're a guest there and I try to stay out of the way and I think they appreciate that, you know. They they know Randy's okay, you know. No. Nice. I mean, it, it, well, everybody everybody Alice Cooper is the nicest person in the world, but he has to have you know, he doesn't say no to anybody. He has people that say no for him, you know, sure. his tour manager or chef his main manager. Those are the people that have to say no for him.
1: I mean, yeah, I Somebody, he's got to have someone yeah. to do it. That would be, uh, I mean, that's why they have managers. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If I'm not
1: mistaken. There's actually a documentary about Shep Gordon.
2: It, it's called Super Mesh. It, it is a fantastic, fantastic. Shep Gordon is an absolute genius. Um, I think, uh, I mean, he and Alice have a hand, handshake deal. Uh, I mean, what happened, you know, I, I didn't know Alice at the time, but, you know, after uh, Billion Dollar babies, Muscle of Love, I think the the original band members, you know, wanted to do more of the rock and roll in Alice and Shepworth Theatrics. So Welcome to My Nightmare was really the first Alice Cooper solo album. He hired away uh, Lou Reed's band. And, you know, I mean, I think they put everything on credit cards. I mean, they, they, they were either going to make it or not. But then they... They, they think they realized that you know it, the people wanted to see the show I mean music was music that so you could get that anywhere but they wanted to see the show yeah and um business wise legendary. I think Shep and Alice realized it was easier to divide the check by one as opposed to by five people well, so yeah. you know they, they, they found a blessing in that so
1: yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah i I uh, actually I, I listened to some of that uh, Shep Gordon was interviewed on one of my other favorite podcasts and he talked a lot about the beginnings of the theatrics of alice
2: cooper it was, there were some great stories in there well i think the other thing that people realized about chef gordon chef gordon started just about every celebrity chef in america i mean he was the one behind all of that and he thought you know why why are these people that bring so much happiness to people's lives why are they in the back not not to be seen and i mean chef gordon was was instrumental in starting all the ce- ce- celebrity chefs
1: wow i missed that bit that's a that's cool
2: Oh, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely, absolutely. That's part of, that's, that's a half of the movie, the super mesh movie. I think the super mesh was, was, was done and directed and produced by Mike Myers, the comedian, Yes, he who, you know, had some depression at the time and Shep helped him through that. And, um, you know, Shep, Shep Gordon's a, he's a powerful, you know, he he's, he's an icon, you know, he's, he's a manager. I mean, I think he managed Pink Floyd at one time, uh, uh, he, I think the Beatles asked him to manage him and he was not able to do it. Um, you know, he, wow. he, he, he's, oh, yeah. he, he's one he, of he those
1: industry cool. people who like some other guys just ha- has been in contact with pretty much everybody.
2: Uh, well, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I going to be protective of Alice, you know, who, who got their meat hooks into Alice? What do they want from Alice? And, You know, I went through that process and I go, Shep, I'm so honest. Randy, Randy, you hooked Alice up with the Oakley people. You're fine. I felt like I was a made mafioso after Shep said that to me one time. And again, I'm a nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. You know, Shep Shep is the absolute genius, you know.
0: (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Well, well, thank you very much for speaking with us today. Is there anything else that you'd you'd like to add? Any um, other stories you want to well, throw no, out there?
2: No, no, I would just say, I would just say, I I really appreciate you thinking of me. You know, i you know, I hope, I hope you like it. I hope people enjoy this talk. And if you have me back, I'll give you a ton of kiss stories. You know, okay, uh, sweet. That was, you know, it, 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 these people they just live in a different world than us, and and um, sure, it's just, it's just fun it's fun and a privilege to, to, to be with it in one day, but it's also fun and a privilege to go back to your everyday life. You know, believe sure. me, <laughs> <Yes>. You know, <laughs> believe me, believe me, you know, yeah, Gene Simmons is a unique individual. So, you I know. Have sure. heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's the, he's, a, he's one of the most brilliant marketers that ever walked the face of the earth, you know, yeah. and there's you know, no way around that. You I know. mean, Paul and Gene, you know, yin and yang—they're good together. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they—they yeah. they know what they're doing. I mean, there's know?
1: a reason why it's worked for them for so long, right? Yeah.
2: Well, and and again, I mean, you know, Eric. You know, people are—you know—it's not Ace, it's not Peter. You know, Peter Chris was not going to be in the band anymore. Someone was going to play drums for Kiss, and Eric Singer figures it might as well be me because if it's not me, they're going to get somebody else, and it's not yeah. going to be Peter Chris. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you know. And no, I thought uh, we're Eric
1: I, Singer fans. He's come up a yeah. lot on our show.
2: Well, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think Eric and and Tommy are are great musicians they 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 were great for the band and they they allowed it to keep going for for what, what it did and i as i understand it um i think eric's going to play drums and gene simmons is uh like solo band this this summer i think so oh, wow okay i think it, i think uh, gene's getting bruce Kulick, who was in the band okay. for a little while and 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 that so that, that that'll be that'll be interesting to see
0: you know yeah Like the ultimate Kiss cover band. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah.
2: And, it, and I mean, you know, back, back to Alice. The one thing, I, the one point I would make is that um, Alice's new radio shows coming back on, he had nights with Alice Cooper, but now that, that ran its course and now his new radio show is Alice's addict, which I think will be, will be embraced by the fans again.
1: Yeah. Excellent. I know we have a, we, we have a station in, in our town that carries that ca- will carry the previous show. So I imagine they'll carry this one too. So that'll, that'll be nice.
2: Yeah. So, so, you know, I think his bass player, um, Chuck Garrick, Chuck, garrick does the helps him with the radio show there you know oh, cool help, helps produce it because uh Chuck garrick the bass player uh alice's daughter calico's in his band visto blanco which is a great band i'd have people check out and then alice's son dash you know his band is co-op which has many many great songs as as alice's wife cheryl says you know the best thing in the family is dash cooper so you know <laughs> that's, that's from the mom so you know
0: thanks mom Man, yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Thanks for uh, pointing those out. I did not know that his children had bands, so yeah.
2: Yeah, I just like people to, you know, if they have nothing to do, check it out. I mean, Bisto released a, a new song, I think, this this past couple weeks, and, you know, Dash's band co-op's been great. I've seen them. They're just great. They're, I mean, you know, and they got a, they come from a good gene pool, so it's good. Yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah, great legacy.
2: <laughs> well, I, I can't thank you enough for thinking of having me. I'm, I'm at your service. Um you know, if you need anything else, always, you know, I'm I'm here for you. Okay. Okay. Appreciate for that. Have an interest in me. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we are, we have talked about getting around to Kiss. So we, we yeah we, we haven't done a Kiss album yet. And we need to, to correct that.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah. You well, know, and again, like I said, I've got I got plenty of those. I okay. got I got I got another another bunch of those. If you ever need them, all right.
0: Okay. Oh, you bet. Okay. Sounds good. Well, well, thank you so much. I'm I'm thanking you. I can't wait to hear it. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take How care, my day? friends. Goodbye mm, goodbye bye bye <laughs>